0: Welcome to Wow Wonders Why, a companion podcast to smart enough to know better. And this Why Wonders Why is called AstroQuest. Astro we live in a digitally connected world. If you can listen to this podcast, you have access to devices that let you contact nearly anyone in the world. But what do we use all that connectivity for? We download pictures of cats. We argue with friends we show minutia of our lives to different people to make ourselves feel better and to uh, to show that we're doing better than them. <laughs> I'm being terrible. But there are lots of other things we can do with this connectivity. And one of the most amazing things in recent years has been citizen science. But what is citizen science? So it's defined as Collecting an analysis of data related to the natural world by members of the general public typically is a part of a collaborative project with professional scientists. And the important part there is working in collaboration with professional scientists. I'm very lucky to be working professionally in the science communication arena. And at my work we have been working on something called AstroQuest, a citizen science project. My manager asked me to talk to you, listener, about this project and to get them, the people who actually work on AstroQuest, to tell you all about it because it's coming out on March the 16th. To lay all the cards on the table here, I am talking to people I talk to every day of my life. I don't work all the time on AstroQuest. It is something that happens in my team, but it's not something I've worked on directly. So just so you know, I do work for the International Centre for Radio Astronomy Research in the science communication area, and I will be talking to people from the International Centre for Radio Astronomy Research. I hope you enjoy these three short interviews about AstroQuest. First cab off the rank is Kirsten Gottschalk, uh, the astronomy ambassador for ICRA. Hello, Kirsten. Hi, Greg. We're going to be talking about citizen science and, of course, AstroQuest in particular. So what is AstroQuest?
1: Well, AstroQuest is a citizen science project, obviously, or we wouldn't be talking about it today. (laughs) And it's actually, I guess, a sequel citizen science project to an, an original one called Galaxy Explorer that started in 2015. And the goal of AstroQuest is that citizens out there uh, come and have a look at some galaxies and they scribble over them for us. (laughs) They scribble over them and help us find the edges.
0: What will AstroQuest achieve?
1: I'm sure that Luke will have a lot to say about the science he's hoping to achieve, but from the bare bones of it, basically there are billions upon billions of galaxies out there, ranging from really, really young galaxies that have just started to form and really, really old galaxies that are starting to die off and not form new stars. Mm. And there's a whole process of evolution that galaxies go through as they age. Mm. And we'd like to... We... I say we. I mean, astronomers yes. would like to understand that process and understand more about how galaxies ended up like they are today. Mm.
0: So this costs a lot of money. Obviously, these things cost. There's a lot of data in, in being generated by all the different telescopes in the world, and you either have to, to. sort that that data would take forever. So hopefully, citizens, citizen scientists, will be able to do real science. That's the point of it, isn't it?
1: Exactly, definitely. Basically, there's a galaxy survey called Waves that some astronomers here at ICRA are working on, and they're going to collect images from multiple telescopes for over 2 million galaxies. Mm, and right. then they need to to study those galaxies. Mm. And so they have computer programs, algorithms set up to, to find out some details for them. But the computer programs often fall over and mm. aren't very good at it. They just, I mean, as we all know, computers aren't as good as human eyes in mm. a lot of different ways That's still.
0: pattern recognition
1: yeah. in that way anyway. Yeah. And so whilst the computer gets it right for about 90% of the galaxies, mm. it gets it really, really wrong <laughs> for about the, the final 10%. And so we need human eyeballs. Mm. 10% of 2 million is still a heck of a lot of galaxies. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't have enough astronomers here that have enough time to actually do this. So mm. we're we calling on everyone ever mm. to come, the and, world. Yeah, come and have a look and, and check out these galaxies. So basically having a look at the galaxy image mm. and basically making sure that the whole galaxy is covered by what we're calling a segment Mm-hmm. so that all of the light from the galaxy will be collected in that little segment, that, that
0: patch mm-hmm. of,
1: of sky that, that the citizen scientist has drawn in.
0: So what's your role in it? How did you get involved and, and what do you actually do?
1: Well, I don't do any of the science, <laughs> <laughs> as my explanations might become clear <laughs> once Luke starts talking That's right. to you.
0: We'll be talking to Dr Luke later on about, about getting to the nitty-gritty, <laughs> into the weeds of the science.
1: So my role here at ICRA is part of the communications team. So I do science communication and education and things like that. So when Galaxy Explorer was started in 2015, basically ABC Science contacted us and said, we do a citizen science project every National Science Week. Mm -hmm. This year, we're really keen to do an astronomy one do you have something that might be suitable? And so I took that to Luke and Aaron, knowing that they had a whole lot of galaxies out there that Mm. they needed some help with, and they said, yes, actually, we do have a project that might be suitable. So they worked with ABC with a bit of help from me, Mm. not much, to build Galaxy Explorer in 2015, um, and that was super successful. Hundreds and thousands of galaxies got... Taking a look at mm. and then it wasn't so much coloring in the galaxy it mm. was just drawing a ring around it right. so just drawing an actual perfect ellipse around it but galaxies aren't always perfect ellipses mm. there are weird irregular shapes you have galaxies crashing into each other that end mm. up with very much not an ellipse no, shape
0: yes. our Milky Way seems to be quite nice and clean and pretty a nice big um, barred spiral galaxy but some of them are just a mess total mess yeah
1: and it's not very helpful to have a big ring around a total mess. Mm. So you get light that you don't want from other stars and things mm. like that. AstroQuest is kind of the evolution of Galaxy Explorer. Galaxy Explorer wrapped up after a few years of processing and the data is being used mm. by the team. Real um, science
0: has been done by the citizen well, from the data given by the citizen scientists
1: yeah Mm. exactly definitely so galaxy explorer was really successful and then with this new survey this wave survey that will have even more galaxies Mm. than the survey that was used in galaxy explorer we needed even more help so we applied for a grant Mm. with the government so the federal government put out some citizen science grants through their inspiring australia program and we knew we needed to get this work happening Mm. and so we in a grant application so I led that application with a lot of help from the science team Mm. um, to get it in there and basically ask for the money that would help us develop and then maintain a project of this scale.
0: As you said, it's not just Galaxy Explorer times two or second. It's, it's a whole new evolution of, of uh, AstroQuest is something quite different uh, and developed a lot more, which we'll talk to the developer, Lisa, about that later on as well. So this, you developed the grant, we got the grant, which is very exciting to, I say we, of course. I mean, I, I said at the start of the podcast that, that I am part of the outreach team here at ICRA, just to put it out on the table there once again. But uh, Kirsten is technically my boss. If I'm, act, if I'm acting a bit different, you may understand why. Uh, she can find in any. I
1: don't mean technically your boss. I am
2: literally
0: (laughs) your boss. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. You are literally, in all ways, uh, I I am your minion. It's true. (laughs) This is very, very true. I can't get away with anything. As AstroQuest will now come into existence on March the 16th. So, what are you hoping to get out of that?
1: Once we open it up and launch, so to speak, and I will say, if you go to the URL, before the 16th of March, you can check it out and have a sneak preview. Scoop! Scoop! So, astroquest.net.au, big plug there, go and check it out. Give us some feedback if you want, if (laughs) you find anything you don't like. Please do. But on March 16th, we're officially launching the mostly final version of the website. We will keep adding improvements and, and extras along the way, but mm. um, March 16th will be the, the Citizen Science Project as we see it going mm. and from there, we just need as many people as possible to lend us their eyeballs mm. and draw some scribbles in space, basically. <laughs> Please don't draw anything inappropriate. No, it's right. <laughs> no, we actually, we have some really good um, confirmation systems in there, yeah. so if you draw a lot of dicks, it will not come through to the scientists. <laughs> don't even bother.
0: Yeah, you can't write read words to They won't see them.
1: No, exactly. (laughs) Um, But our goal is basically to get as many people as possible helping us out with this. Mm. And the target is 250,000 galaxies. Mm. So we need 250,000 galaxies to be assessed. Yes. But that... Each galaxy needs to be assessed by multiple people. And
0: that's that's what's going to bring it up. It's not not that... Because if I make a mistake, if I go on there and do it and I make a boo-boo, it's not like you've ruined the science. It's multiple people will see it and multiple people will make a decision and it'll be aggregated out as what was the most likely answer based on all those answers.
1: Yeah, so if Greg comes on and he's really bad at it, (laughs) uh, we'll learn through our quality assurance algorithm that Greg is pretty bad and we'll start weighting his results pretty poorly when we're doing our aggregate. (laughs) But if Greg comes on and is really crash-hot at it, which I would expect mm. given his mm. role here and his experience in mm. astronomy, Thank then you. he would start getting weighted as, as the more correct answer. And mm. then we go from there mm. and we end up with this aggregated answer. So Yeah, multiple citizen scientists look at each galaxy and our goal is to get 250,000 galaxies done.
0: And once those, once those, that low number of 250,000 galaxies is complete, Can more galaxies be added later on?
1: Oh, there are more galaxies. That's just our goal. There are way more galaxies to do. Right. We asked for the science team to provide us the galaxies to upload, and they gave us a hard drive with two million on there and said, there you go. (laughs) And we had a small heart attack because we literally can't put that on the web server. Mm. So... there are a lot of galaxies. Mm. So once we reach that target of the 250,000 ones that we really vitally would like to have looked at, mm. there are plenty more to keep going Is it, with.
0: There, I mean, there are, there are billions and billions. There are more galaxies in the sky than there are grains of sand on Earth beaches, as people have pointed out. So, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done, citizen scientists. Get cracking. Uh, Kirsten, thank you very much for having a chat to us today. Is there anything else you'd like to add about citizen science or about, about ICRA or anything you'd like to say to the listeners?
1: I just think... In terms of citizen science in general, I think it's a really valuable way for people to get involved in stuff that kind of tends to happen closed away in rooms mm. and you wouldn't necessarily get to be part of. And um, to put it quite bluntly, what we do is funded by taxpayer mm. money. This citizen mm-hmm. science project has been paid for by the Australian public mm. um, and, and all of the science we do here at ICRA is paid for by the Australian public. Mm. So we're really passionate about getting people involved and not just in a cursory, you know what we're doing kind of way, mm. but in a, you can actually do this with us and help discover the universe with us. That's
0: fantastic. And not just Australians. It's not just open to Australians. People from around the world can go onto to AstroQuest. Yep. And, and use AstroQuest technology. So all our American listeners and all our European listeners, please go on there and help Australian science.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Thank you, Kirsten. Thank you.
0: Second cab off the rank is Dr. Luke Davis in this long-term conversation about AstroQuest. Hello, Dr. Luke. Hello, Greg. And we are here to talk about AstroQuest, the citizen science project. So what is your involvement with AstroQuest?
3: So basically, I'm one of the, the scientists who basically put together the idea of what AstroQuest would be doing in terms of helping the scientists. I'm then involved in putting all of the data together and producing some of the the data products that the citizen scientists will see while they're working on things and Mm -hmm. some of the results that they'll get afterwards. And then I'm one of the main people that will be using the results to actually improve our science afterwards. So what is it, what's AstroQuest actually going to do? Fundamentally, the idea is to try and measure the amount of light that you receive from galaxies correctly. Mm -hmm. This is really important because light is kind of our only window into the universe. Mm. So when we see out from the Earth, besides newly discovered gravitational waves, light is the only way we have of understanding what's going on in the universe. If you want to understand a a galaxy you can actually look at the light that you receive from it at different wavelengths so the rainbow of light that you'd get from a galaxy Mm -hmm. and the light at different wavelengths the amount that you see tells you loads and loads of things about what's going in in, on in the galaxy in the distant universe so say the amount of light you get in the infrared which is like heat tells you about how many stars the galaxy has in it at the moment Mm -hmm. and then light from something like the ultraviolet like the stuff that burns your skin on a hot day that tells you about how many stars are forming in the galaxy at this very moment so new, new stars new baby stars yeah yeah oh, okay. so so in order to work out all of those things about the galaxy you want to measure the amount of light that's coming from it at different wavelengths mm. now that could be really tricky and the reason it's really tricky is because space it's is it's a point of light it's a, it's a point in the sky well it's not even a point which is the problem it's oh, well, actually just... resolved so it's larger than a point oh. so what happens is if a galaxy sat in in a patch of sky with nothing else around it. Um, you can do this quite well, mm. quite easily. You can measure the amount of light, but that's not what most of the universe is like. Mm. Although when you look up in the night sky, you see sort of these little dots, and they're all surrounded by, by blackness. When you look with a really powerful telescope, you actually see that all of the galaxies and stars overlap quite a lot in the images. <laughs> There's just so many of them that, that mm. you can see in a, with a big telescope. So to try and work out which light is coming from which galaxy... Is really tricky.
0: Oh, okay. So the problem there is, is it coming from the dwarf galaxy in the foreground, or is it coming from the larger galaxy that's much further in the background? Yeah, yeah. See, what?
3: I, I kind of like to describe it as you're looking into a really dense forest, and you're trying to say that branch is from that tree. Ah, okay. So there's branches all over the place, and they're all intertwined, and it's very hard to work out which branch is associated with right. which tree. Okay. And the point of AstroQuest is to actually allow citizen scientists to tell us which light is coming from which galaxy.
0: So identify the tree. So like the, the Monty Python sketch, uh, the larch.
3: <laughs> yes. The yes. larch. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Sorry. <clears throat> All right. You um,
3: go. Going up for one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> AstroQuest will allow you to paint around the outside of the tree, the galaxy in this case, mm-hmm. and say this is one galaxy.
3: Yes, yeah, and that allows us then to just look in the image where the citizen scientists have told us the light from that galaxy is, Mm. and then we add up all of the light that we get from the pixels in the image over that region, and that tells us about how much light is coming from the galaxy. And within AstroQuest, we do this at a few wavelengths, and then we can actually use that over many, many different wavelengths Mm. and measure different properties about the galaxy. So when you, within AstroQuest, have marked the position of the galaxy, We'll use that light to measure the properties, and you'll be able to see some of the properties of the galaxy as well that we've previously measured using the light from it.
0: Why are we asking citizens to do people in society, to do this? Why don't you just write a bit of algorithm to, to run it for you? Um,
3: computers are rubbish. <laughs> you heard it first. Yeah, grand statement. <laughs> no, computers are amazingly good at doing certain things. Mostly things with calculations, doing Mm -hmm. lots of calculations. They're way better than us. Mm. But when it comes down to actually identifying patterns and differences between images, Mm. our our human eye and our brain are way better than any computer. So you could look at an image and just say there are two galaxies there which are overlapping. Mm. Very, very clearly I can see them. You try and do that with a computer and the computer will fail in lots and lots of cases. Okay. Over the last uh, sort of 10 years, we do write sophisticated computer algorithms to do this, but we still fail in in lots of cases. So we spend a lot of time trying to design the algorithms to actually identify which light comes from which galaxies. It still breaks. And there's been a huge amount of effort from astronomers all around the world to actually look through lots of images Mm. and fix them. I myself have spent hours sitting down fixing galaxies to get the correct amount of light from it. Oh, no. But (laughs) in the past, we've been able to do this Within the astronomers, basically, because we've ended up having, say, a a few thousand things that we need to fix and you Mm. can, a few of you can sit down for a week and and sort of do it. It's (laughs) very boring, but it's fine. We're actually moving into the regime now with the surveys that we're running where we have millions and millions of galaxies. So that means the number that the computer (laughs) fails on is incredibly huge. So Mm. we just don't have the time to be able to go through it all ourselves. So therefore we need basically an army of astronomers Mm. who are all out there fixing the Ah. amount of light that we get from the galaxy. And that's why we need to look to citizen scientists because you need sort of sheer power in numbers to be able to do it.
0: You just keep throwing throwing bodies at the problem, basically. Or brains and eyes are the problem. The eyes, yes. yes. It's
3: your eyes and your brain which are better than at any computer. That's
0: incredible. You need these number of people just to go through because the, the instruments are becoming more and more sophisticated and they're, they're looking further and further afield and we're just seeing more and more galaxies and we need to catalogue them all. We've got to get the information from them.
3: Yes, yeah. that's wow. definitely. It. So one of the, the main things that we will do with the, the, the data that comes out of AstroQuest is that we're about to undertake a very, very large survey of galaxies, something called waves which is the wide area vista extragalactic survey i love a (laughs) very catchy very catchy (laughs) term yeah so within within waves we're actually gonna observe millions of galaxies spectroscopically so Mm -hmm. that means that you actually put down a little optical fiber on the galaxy Mm -hmm. And you spread out the the light that you get through the optical fiber with a prism and actually look at In loads of tiny detail the amount of light you get at different wavelengths Mm. Now to be able to do that you need to know which galaxies you want to put an optical fiber on Mm. The way we decide that is we actually select those galaxies based on how bright they are So we say every galaxy which is brighter than X we put an optical fiber on every galaxy that's not as bright as X we don't Right Now We want to do this for millions of galaxies, so we need to really accurately know which ones are bright (laughs) enough to target. So from AstroQuest, we will actually use all of the results to make the input catalogue for Waves, which we'll then observe with all of these optical fibres. And and Waves is a big multi-million dollar project. It's Mm. actually a worldwide international project. It's Mm. a consortium of about 16 institutions all over the world who are Building and then running surveys on this massive telescope, which is being built in Chile, and it starts in about 2023. But we need to get everything right before then. So all of the AstroQuest results will help us prepare for the wave survey.
0: When the citizen scientists who are listening to this podcast go and use AstroQuest, because it's it's live, it's basically live now. When they hear this, it'll be active. Uh, in fact, they can they can use it ahead of time. We've been told, so that's pretty exciting they'll be able to know when they hear about the wave survey in the future they will know that they have made real contributions to that survey yes by definitely. helping even, yeah. if, even if they've done one galaxy if you go do one galaxy that's one that someone else doesn't have to do and and it makes a real difference
3: yeah yeah definitely in terms of the, the field of galaxy evolution which is the field that i work on trying mm-hmm. to understand how galaxies change over the history of the universe and how different things affect that change waves when it's produced will be the the largest galaxy evolution survey that's ever been done wow so as a citizen scientist helping out with astroquest you can be part of one of the biggest scientific experiments that's ever been done in terms of trying to understand how galaxies work
0: I love the fact that it, today we live in a world that it's not scientists over here and, and the public over there, and, and all the scientists want is the money you know, from, from, the, from the
3: taxes. <laughs> it would be nice to have some money well, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I money
0: mean, Money's always useful, but it's also now you can say, well, you're being involved now because, and, and it's not even, and it's not that some, they're being condescending or come and be involved. It's like, no, we need no, you to we, be we involved. we definitely
3: need people, yeah. yeah. yeah we it, can't do this on our own. It,
0: it cannot be done, yes. Yeah, so that's, that's mind-blowing to me. And we live in a world now that, that you can connect directly with a real science project through the internet uh, where before you, you'd have to go and become an astronomer to do this sort of stuff. You'd have to be an astrophysicist.
3: Yeah, uh, definitely. There's, there's just things that that, that we do in our, our day-to-day job, lots of things that we do that the general member of the public can do just as well as we can. Mm. It's just that they, in the past, haven't had the access to be able to do that. And one of the whole benefits of a citizen science project is you can say look you can get involved in doing this research you're just as competent as any professional Mm. researcher come and help out Uh, well how many galaxies Astroquest go to look at we're doing it in batches and we're going to see how far we can get (laughs) essentially (laughs) we're going to start off with uh, a few tens of thousands that we're going to put in and then we're going to keep ramping that up in new batches to Mm. see how far we can get Ultimately, we'd like to get to somewhere close to about 2 million. But it's, it's very optimistic, and we'll right. have to see how it goes. And how, over how many years will it get, take to get to 2 million, do, would you hope? Uh, it depends how fast people can get, do it. Well, I'd there you say. go. Listeners,
0: why are you still listening to this? Immediately go yeah, to AskoQuest and actually get on there. And but also, doing. don't
3: go too quickly, because you need to make sure you do it
0: right. Well, that's true. <laughs> then that's a good point. But if they do make a mistake, of course, you're not the only person looking at that galaxy.
3: No, so we have multiple people looking at the same galaxies and then we take some Average, essentially, of all of the results mm. that go into our final catalog.
0: It's one of those interesting things. People, you know, they talk about the, the, the stupidity of crowds, but actually, it's the cleverness of crowds. I was, I was seeing recently, read a really good article. They're saying, you know, they have a jar full of jelly beans, and you have to count the number of jelly beans, and you can win the jar of jelly beans. And if you get the right number in the jelly bean jar, you win the jelly bean. Then if you have an average. So if you you have a guess, and I have a guess, and everyone has a guess, and then you join those averages together, it, in fact, it goes back. The mean actually is the number of jelly beans in the jar.
3: Yeah, it's it's amazing that you, you throw anything at enough people and the average comes out of being right.
0: Yes, <laughs> so humans, on a, on, a, on a bit large scale, are actually quite clever. We can solve a lot yeah. of problems, and that's why AstroQuest is going to work, because large numbers of humans working on problems makes the problem work. Yes, definitely. Work through that problem. So when does AstroQuest finish, or does it have no finish date?
3: Currently, it doesn't have a predefined finish date. I think we're going to keep going until we get enough classifications Two that we can million. do our science yes <laughs> yeah and uh i think it depends on how quickly people do that and how excited they are about it mm. and we'll see how we go
0: perfect well ladies and gentlemen you've heard it dr luke needs your eyes needs your brain immediately immediately get on that by.
3: sounds terrible it's
0: a, <laughs> it's a, dr luke needs your eyes and brain don't send them to me <laughs> no, no, please don't send your eyes and brains to dr luke uh, luke thank you very much for having chat today. greg And finally, the last person we're going to be talking to today is probably the most important person when it comes to a citizen science project like AstroQuest. Please welcome Lisa Evans. Hello. (laughs) Hello, Lisa. Now, Lisa, you are the project officer for AstroQuest. Yep. But more importantly, your name badge says Stellar Support. Yes. What's Stellar Support?
2: My, my role is really, I, I often end up in these kind of bridging roles where I'm, I'm kind of the person who, who tries to understand what the more technical people want and mm. what the more kind of creative people want on a project, because I, you know, I come from a games background. So yeah, right. I'm kind of supporting that's um, all the different people that are trying to coordinate together to make this project
0: work. That's a lighting. really impressive skill, in, just in, in and of itself. I know that's not your main role, but as in to be able to speak the language of the scientist. Yeah. Because you're doing a PhD in astrophysics?
2: No, no. I originally studied physics, kind of specialising in astronomy, and that's what I did my honours in. Mm-hmm. But then I ended up working in games, and so my PhD is kind of combining the two. It's creating games for communicating science. Oh, there you go. Oh, right. So that's okay. the area that I've, oh, I've kind right. of ended up specialising in academically after a lot of years of working as a, a tech artist mm. in games.
0: So you're can. So you're doing a PhD in science communication then?
2: Yeah, really, yes.
0: yeah. I, I feel like I'm, I'm... It's kind
2: of very multidisciplinary. So there's some amazing. science communication, there's yes. some serious games design, and there's stuff about evaluating whether serious games are actually working for the purpose that they're designed for, that kind that's of thing. That's
0: amazing. Yeah. So you can speak <laughs> the, the language of the scientists, the language of the artist, the language of computers, yeah. and, and you can make them all talk to each other. Yeah. And that leads you to becoming the project manager for something like AstroQuest. Yeah. So to you, how would you describe... AstroQuest?
2: Obviously it's a citizen science project Mm. and to me that's kind of like that's everything because (laughs) with citizen science you know whenever we're talking about communicating science there's a lot of stuff about why are we communicating it what do we want people to get out Mm. of it why should they be interested why should they get engaged what's kind of driving them to do that to me citizen science answers all those questions because it's about just regular people who aren't scientists actually doing the science Mm. so that's for me it's it's the highest level of engagement that you can possibly have, really.
0: Yeah. So, science Thanks. is not something that the people in ivory towers do or old men with crazy yeah. hair in white coats. It's actually for everyone. Yeah. It's a human endeavor to use the, 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 the parlance of the Australian curriculum. and yeah. But it's true, though, it is something that we all can do, hopefully. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, science really in itself is just, it's our way of answering important questions in a useful way that mm. we can then build on or, or use, or not in some kind of random, hand-wavy way, in a systematic that, that, way. Yes,
0: Yeah. we actually do real science, not, yeah. not, just, not just hope. Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: <laughs> and it, that really needs to belong to everyone. It's, it shouldn't just be something that specific institutions do that you mm-hmm. know, we're exposed to. It. it. It's, you know, we all as a community, we all have problems that that we want to deal with. We all should be involved in answering those big questions yeah. and solving and, those
0: problems. And everyone can contribute, especially in this connected era yeah. uh, of, of, with, with computing nowadays and the internet around the yeah. world, and we can connect to things. So why can't we just go out to the world and say, hey, we've got this project we'd like to work on, come in and we'll work on the project and work at home. What do you do yeah. with AstroQuest to make sure that people get involved in it and actually do it?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess part of the whole project is kind of developing an interface that's usable, Mm. that people can relate to, that's entertaining, that's engaging, that's going to keep them coming back to do more science. Mm. They're not just going to get bored and wander off. Mm. To be easy to use. This all comes back to what were our actual goals in the beginning for doing citizen science, because that was kind of the first thing I did when I started working here, was what are we trying to achieve Mm. here? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Obviously, you want to generate usable data for the, the astronomers. Mm-hmm. So that's one of that's, the main yeah, <laughs> purposes I of it. I guess this. that's
0: the organization's yeah. one of their big goals is, well, we spent this money, we'd like to get 2 million galaxies classified at some point in the future. That's not. You can't just tell people that. Make sure you go through 2, two million galaxies, thank you very much. Yeah, and yeah. They're like, what?
2: It has to generate the data that they want, mm. and it's got to be a quality that they want. But then on top of that, there's the other goals which are about raising awareness of what ICRA does and raising awareness of astronomy in Australia and of the SKA and so on. Mm -hmm. And also, I remember we had these discussions about, well, do we care about people increasing their understanding of astronomy, Mm. you know, learning something? Mm. And it's kind of entirely sure whether you should really aim for that or not, because... How do you measure that? You don't want to have people have to do an astronomy test when they yes, start and then yes. see if they've improved. Like, that's a really it'd, hard one to measure. It would be
0: qualitative, not quantitative. We just, exactly. We, but I, having seen the product, yes, there is information to learn. If you get yeah. involved in AstroQuest, you can learn information about galaxies exactly. um, when you classify them. Yeah. So it is there. It's built in. It's baked into it.
2: Yeah. When you're designing this type of website, you want to make sure that all the information is there for people who are interested if it piques their interest and they want to go looking for more information you've, you've got it all there mm. it's easily accessible it's easy to understand so we've got the interface where people do the actual work that's got to be usable that's got to generate the, the data that the scientists want and then you've got all this other stuff as well mm. but then you've got to have features that make it yeah more fun more engaging and, and have, encourage people to keep coming back and doing more
0: fun and engaging i think <laughs> they're the two big words there because no one wants to go work 8 10 hours a day and then well, and then do another couple of hours domestic work and then do another 3 hours for ICRA every evening yeah. of work no one's going to do that yeah. and as you pay them and that's not going to happen mm. so so how do you make it fun and engaging what's the what's the thought process behind that
2: and i have the uh a background in working in games, and obviously I immediately leaped towards, let's put in some game-related features. You know, Mm. you've got to reward people for the work that they're doing. Mm. We kind of went a little bit further. That I mean, originally we were going to have a reward system, but then I went off to a a citizen science conference in Adelaide last year and we workshopped it, gamifying various Mm. citizen science projects, and everyone was saying, you've got to have some kind of a quest system. Mm. So I I went, yeah, no, we definitely need that.
0: (laughs) I've heard heard the term before, gamification. Can you unpack that a bit more? So what's what is uh, gamification?
2: It's a word that nobody likes. Like <laughs> really? it's a really, really bad word. <laughs> oh really? Okay. And if you talk to any game developer about gamification, they just go, Oh <laughs> it's just because games are something that you you design from you know, because you want to create a game, mm. like, taking something that's not a game and making it gamey, that's, like, it's not that fun, really. It's, it's, <laughs> As a game okay. designer. That's, okay. like, that's, like, that's interesting. Like, <laughs> I
0: haven't heard the game designer's point of view. I always saw, in my mind, gamification meant just turning into play. So, yeah. So instead of making it a job, but my parents might and did say, hey, go and do this job in the yard, collect mangoes. We used to have mango trees. So collect mangoes, and if you get so many mangoes, then you get this thing. Mm. And, and so at that, that time, it was, I, I didn't know the term gamification, but they were gamifying my daily chores because it suddenly became a game of who can get the most, my sisters or myself, or and then who can get the prize at the end sort of thing. And that prize may just be recognition from parental figures. Yep. I sound like I'm raised by robots now I think about it, but anyway, <laughs> my parental figures, anyway.
2: But that's the thing, like that I think people get a bit funny about it because it seems to be all about manipulating people. It
0: totally is. It, it is, <laughs>
2: and you know you're being manipulated, and when you're trying mm. to design those, features you know you feel like how can i manipulate these people <laughs> like <laughs> yes
0: yes I, but, but, but isn't this is a bit of a tangent here but isn't that nearly everything we do in life is you get a you get a trophy for something or you get a you get a recognition from the boss or something like that and that's all just that's all just yeah. being manipulated, and and, and the manipulation has a very negative connotation. And, mm. Oh goodness, I feel like we're going weirdly off topic here. No. But, but,
2: <laughs> it's not at all off topic, really.
0: <laughs> so, so we're not so we're not trying to manipulate people into doing no. into the, in this this uh, galaxy. Uh, sorry, so AstroQuest, not yeah. Galaxy Explorer. That's what it came from. Uh, we're trying to make it fun for them. So what yeah. do you, So why is it fun?
2: Right from the beginning, my attitude has always been, as soon as we've got something that you can use, let's start testing it with people and getting their feedback. Mm. So right from the beginning, I've taken a really kind of user-centered design kind of approach. Mm and put it in front of people, and we've, they've said, well, this is a bit boring, it would be more fun if you did this. Ah, okay. So a lot of the design, the game features that we've added have come from people going, it really needs some kind of a level system, it needs some mm. kind of a reward. And people have told us that that's more fun. Mm. So we've kind of added the features that we know that people are going to find a bit more entertaining.
0: Do you do it by yourself? Because in this podcast, I work with my co-host, Dan Beeston, and Dan and I are very competitive. So can I go and classify more galaxies than Dan and crush him like an egg?
2: Yeah, well, we, we, we do have leaderboards. Yes! Yes, you do get to see yeah. where you are in relation to everyone else. That's, Apparently, I'm at the top of the leaderboard, obviously, because <laughs> I've done the most galaxies. Oh, I I'll have to, see. I'll have to just <laughs> delete all my results before we go public. <laughs> Otherwise, no one's ever going to beat me. So. so I can...
0: The, the most galaxy-classified uh, person in Australia or the world or anything like that, I can be like yeah. the top dog? Yeah. it's possible. Oh, wow, that's really cool. That's really awesome. So also with the galaxies... I noticed that you can do things like find the biggest galaxy or find the smallest galaxy or well, no, information. Well,
2: no, that's not actually in there yet. We do want to put that in there.
0: Oh, no. Oh, secret. That's secret beta information. I probably shouldn't <laughs> have let out. Oh, OK. So maybe in the future. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, that,
2: definitely in the future. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah. That will be coming fairly soon.
0: Fantastic. Well, there you go, listeners. That's something to look forward to as well. So On the 16th of March, it doesn't go live, and then it's fire and forget. It's going to be developed.
2: Yeah, we've got more features that we want to add Mm. that will increase the fun factor. So currently it's in, it's basically, it's functional, it's a a beta version, but yeah, there there are improvements that will be coming. We're hoping to add some extra features like little secret things that you might discover as you're classifying galaxies. Instead of a galaxy, you click on next galaxy, instead of a galaxy popping up, there might be some some little Ooh. prize. Ooh.
0: Well, I, like little, I like little prizes. That's um, very
2: exciting. So, yeah, little Easter eggs. We still have to decide exactly which uh, what they might be. So, I mean, this is one of the things about these citizen science projects is that you, it is possible that you will discover something completely new. In, mm. We've got an article now on the on the website that lists a whole lot of things that people have discovered in citizen science projects, including Steve... I can't remember what that acronym stands for, but there are Steve's that we discovered.
0: I don't think it's actually an acronym. I think it's just called Steve. Steve. I think it's an atmospheric phenomena that people thought was similar to the Northern Lights. It is similar to the Northern Lights, but it's actually Steve.
2: Well, it's up there on the website, and Ooh. there's yeah a little description of it, and the green peas galaxies, which were discovered in Galaxy Zoo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they're called something in Dutch, but mm. it means green peas. Right. Okay. <laughs> so
0: that, you discover they a whole, look whole like. different type of galaxy. Yeah, you can. Real science. This is what I find really amazing about it. What would be success to you? Let's say rollers is finished, and you're winding down your your connection to Astroquest, however many years that may be. When you sit back and you're smoking your pipe by the fire, what what are you hoping to, to recollect? What's, what's um, the, what do you see? Well, I
2: mean, that all comes down to what we defined as those goals in the beginning. And, you know, part of what I've been doing is trying to devise ways to evaluate how well it's doing against those goals. So we're going to have a little... We're doing a, a little project where we're going to interview the scientists involved before and then mm. some time after the... the the project starts and say well you know what were your expectations of the data and then did they actually fulfill those expectations and that's a really important thing to do and we also we're we're going to do some little experiments to see how much people are learning about astronomy or whether Mm -hmm. they're getting more engaged in astronomy as they do the as they use the the project, And that's kind of what I would regard as the, the greatest achievements of the site is that we provided the data mm-hmm. that the scientists want, wanted, that if you can have a list of papers that have come out of that that mm. people have been able to publish because they had all this data that, that all the citizen scientists provided for them, then that's, that's a really good measure of success.
0: That's fair. I love the idea that it's going to be... The measure of success is not... Is a the fun factor and people being involved as a citizen level, but also the science level. It, it, it's, yeah. it's citizen science. It's, the, yeah. it's citizen science. It's both of those things, and, yeah. and we, we sort of focus on one or the other a lot of the time. And this is actually good that we're focusing on both legs to prove. That, sorry, um, as, as a scoreboard for success, there are multiple axes of success.
2: Yeah, And really, ultimately, you've got to then look at what was the value of doing citizen science to ICRA, or to mm-hmm. you know, all the various things that ICRA is involved in. Because I think if you if you can actually put that work into evaluating it, you'll find that it is actually really valuable, and you should probably do lots more of it.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. A lot more money put into it. It's, it's, a, it's a really interesting way of... It's a change of thought, I think, a change of yes. culture amongst scientists. Because scientists say, well, I've worked for... I've, and they have studied for... Decades of their lives and worked very hard to become experts in their field. And sometimes I feel there may be a bit of a pushback from, but what does Jenny average, what can she do to, to help? And the answer is yeah. well, build the right interface. The answer yeah. is a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. A, a, a
0: metric buttload of stuff yeah. they can help with. So. And I
2: guess if I'm sitting back with my pipe and so on, as you said. Yes, by the fire. Um, yes. You know, if I see a lot more citizen science happening, I'll regard that as part of something that I've helped to contribute to.
0: Oh, we <laughs> citizen science and children <laughs> running around and playing in the snow. Oh, it's lovely.
2: I actually have this kind of long-term... <laughs> we talk about how there's, you know, robots are going to be taking over all our jobs mm. and all of that. So what do people actually do in the future? if there's less work to do. Mm. Like, I think we should be doing more science.
0: You're a tricky. That's such a tricky answer. That's amazing. <laughs> so flying through space, meeting aliens, doing science. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Reversing the polarity of the neutron flow. That's to that's <laughs> Who. Oh, that's only It doesn't matter.
2: But yeah, citizen science, it gives people something, you know, that they can turn their... Yeah,
0: and their not just busy towards. work. Yeah, no,
2: real, real work.
0: Real work, real science, achieving real things. So that so the, our robot overlords won't turn us into mints. Exactly. There you go, so, so get onto AstroQuest so you're not turned into <laughs> mints by our robot overlords. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa.
2: <laughs> Good place to end it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope you found something interesting hearing from a manager of a citizen science project, the actual scientist involved, at least one of them, and the professional developer of that same project. It's something you can go and get involved in right now. Look up AstroQuest and ICRA, I-C-R-A-R, or just go to astroquest.net.au. I'll also put these links in the show notes. You can find the article they've written about the seven incredible citizen science discoveries from Peas to Steve, also on that website. Get involved. Maybe you'll find something new, maybe something interesting, but more importantly, you're going to be making real contributions to real science in a real way. So go to astroquest.net.au and have a great week. This is Gregoire signing off. I really need a, a better way of ending while well, I wonder why. Hmm. Hmm. Something to think about, listeners.